0: All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. Where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how to collide. Today, we have a two-time guest on the podcast, Oscar Pedroso, founder of Thimble. How is it going? Welcome to
1: the show. Welcome back. Thanks, Matt. It's great to be here. Yeah, you know, just... Uh trying to trying to make things happen. <laughs> yeah, being
0: a founder, juggling five million things at once, fundraising, growth, support, everything that it that it takes uh, to, to kind of uh, to be a founder. where well, I'm excited to have you back on the podcast. So for, to give a little uh, context for people listening, um, you, pr- you probably came on, I don't know, maybe a year ago, maybe a little less, you know, give or take a few months. Um, but, you know, you've made you know awesome amount of progress since I wanted to bring you back on um, so we can kind of learn more about Thimble, give everyone a reminder and kind of dive a little deeper into your story. So to give everyone a reminder, what are you working
1: on? What is Thimble? So Thimble is an education tech business based in New York, and we make a coding and robotics curriculum that's implemented in K-12 schools, uh, grades five through 12. And we're teaching kids how to build their own robots and learn about other skills that are in high demand in today's job market.
0: Okay. Well, let's start there at the tail end of your answer. You know, help kids learn about, you know, skills that are are in demand. I'm kind of curious, like, How do you decide what goes into these boxes or like what's in demand? How do you like keep up with the times? I'm just curious, like, yeah, how do you know what to put in these boxes?
1: (laughs) Well, a lot of the inspiration for the kits come from our own team of interns and employees. We all sit around a table once a quarter and we talk about what we wish we had when we were engineering students in high school and in college. And if it's college, I like those more than anything else because we, get, we, get, we, we try to introduce those a lot sooner into the curriculum in, you know, in middle school and high school. So more often than not, these middle school and high school kids are learning on college level type material
0: yeah that's awesome i i i love the idea of kind of prepping young people with knowledge you know that may, maybe is maybe not everyone is getting but if you're able to be lucky enough to be exposed to a thimble box right you know or a school or a system that's a customer of yours they get that exposure exposure which is super exciting and that kind of leads me to to my next question i mean i really want to dive into just kind of how, how this works if someone's listening you know as a potential mm-hmm. customer or student like how they can get involved i guess My first question is, do you sell straight to like the student? Do you go through districts, through schools? I mean, like how, if I'm a student, if I'm like, you know, a high schooler or middle schooler, how do I get my hands on one of these boxes?
1: So it's available for both parents and schools. Uh, You know, as a startup, we've been all over the place trying to find our niche. And we launched the business as a direct-to-consumer uh, model So it was um, strictly a monthly subscription for parents so you get uh, one of these kits delivered in the mail once a month, and then you log on to our lesson library to build it. Um, for schools it's a little different we sell the same exact product, but we include uh, professional training for teachers, since we know not all teachers went to school for coding and robotics and they're the ones that need the most help to implement this. Um, it's not uncommon to hear a teacher say the kids know more than they do and so a lot of what we have in our program is to make sure they're upskilled as well so they're not you know they don't feel completely uncomfortable when they're teaching this in the class.
0: So you mentioned there that when you launched your you D2C and you found other channels um, mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm kind of curious to hear about your experience kind of Going through that process, I mean, how would you know that you needed to expand channels after you launched? And I would just walk you through the the learning, the distribution learnings that you've gone through since you kind of got started with Thimble.
1: So we started off with direct-to-consumer because that's what we initially had in mind. We thought that selling to schools was going to be a long battle, and we decided to put that on the back burner until about 2018, we got our very first school purchase, and it was around a $50,000 purchase. And all of us at the t- on the team were like, wow, like that's like more than a month's worth of monthly recurring revenue at the time. Um, and so we started to entertain the idea of selling into more schools, except we decided we would do it locally, uh, just go after any schools in our own backyard that we thought we could partner with. That way it was just the, the proximity, just getting that feedback and being able to deliver something on the fly if, if there was something missing. Um, So we used it as like a way to just learn as much as we could before going out there and selling aggressively, which is what we're doing now.
0: And I'm kind of curious, going back to the experience of of using a kit, um, I guess for if I was a if I was a parent. Um and I and I guess what what's the what are the goals for a parent if they were to kind of buy a kit for their kid on a recurring subscription? Is it to help them learn different skills, get them exposure to technologies? Like you know, what are the various reasons why your D2 C channel kind of exists and why they can kind of uh, are, are a customer segment?
1: Yeah, a lot of time we hear from moms and dads who just you know if they have more than one kid, they know that one particular kid who's gravitating towards science and technology, You know like the mini engineer in the family and so when they reach out to us they either subscribe directly or they're just curious what the curriculum looks like they're starting with the basics so it's meant to be more about something that complements their current interests in school especially if they're part of a club or a robotics program or a team Um, the parents are just wanting to make sure they have that you know upper hand in whatever they're doing just that they're constantly learning a lot of times they're not learning enough in school, and so the parents use Thimble as a way to just accelerate the what their sons or daughters are learning, um, so that they're you know just keenly more aware and can take part in whatever other programs are in middle school and high school down the line.
0: And going to higher level, I mean you. Y- you know, as you've been building Thimble, what have been some lessons that you've learned at a high level about running a startup, starting a startup, and then kind of scaling it up a little bit? You know, what, what have you learned along the way?
1: Oh, my gosh, so much. I think you learn a lot when you're in like in the, like, you know how they call it a roller coaster, right? I think all the like the low points are probably when you learn the most, but it's not till after the fact when you're like, oh, wow, six months ago, we were in a really dark hole. But <laughs> here's what we took out of that. Um, I, I would say going after two business models at the same time was one of our biggest challenges. We always kind of wavered back and forth and it made us look inconsistent. And it's not that we couldn't do both D2C and B2B well. It's just it's an, it's it's hard to do both because you only have a certain you have limited resources allocated for either one. And if you're doing more, then you're sometimes biting off more than you can chew. And you know, for a while we were doing that. And finally, we just put our stake in the ground and we're like, you know, we're just going to go after schools. Our D2C channel is still alive, but we're just very careful. on you know, that's sort of like an autopilot, technically. Um, and we'll in the future at some point dedicate more to building that. But right now, where we're seeing an increase in businesses on the school side, and um, that's what we're going to go after. Um, I would say that. And then also, you know, choosing who you work with. Um, members early on whether they're co-founders or not we worked with people um a couple people who just weren't a good fit and i always told myself it was it'd be good for for the business to work with uh people who are opposite you but uh i've kind of come around on that and i just think if you don't like working with somebody (laughs) just end it and just uh find the people that you do want to work with
0: and what do you kind of see as exciting trends going on in the education industry it can be within your segment or it could be just kind of overall in ed tech are there are there waves or things that are happening that excite you that uh kind of in, in, in your own backyard in your own industry
1: yeah it's a it's a special moment right now in education because we're i mean still in the midst of a pandemic hopefully on the tail end of that um but i think it being out of school for so long and and seeing the amount the number of months that kids were without certain programming not just tech education but even just down to the, like the basic skills like literacy and math um, it's it's become very clear that public schools don't have the modern training tools or curriculum to, to get kids you know the, the proper skills needed for current century um, positions or, or internships or, or whatnot um, I recently discovered that only 45% of public schools have a robust computer science and robotics programs. So that's, you know, less than half the schools in the U.S., which should give you an idea of just, you know, how bad how bad um, some some of these pr- programs are that are just that they just don't exist at some of these schools. And really, the the, the students are the ones that end up suffering the most, and then the teachers. And
0: obviously, you are, you know, building this company to help, help, you know, kind of rise to the opportunity and sol- solve some of these problems. And what's exciting is, uh, I believe, you know, there's actually opportunity to, to get involved with Thimble and kind of help out. So tell me a little bit about um, kind of your process of raising capital. Are you doing anything interesting there? Um, and uh, yeah, but let's just dive deeper into your capital raising strategy and how you're kind of spreading the word to potential evangelists.
1: Yeah, definitely. We, um, we initially got started on Kickstarter. We had a $300,000 campaign on there when we first launched back in 2017. And then we've come full circle on that journey. We're actually launching a crowdfunding uh, campaign on Republic, uh, which allows accredited and unaccredited investors to invest in our business, uh, and uh, so we're raising a round on there. Uh, we just started a month, uh, we just launched it about a month ago officially, and we're about well, almost 20% of the way there. And then we're also doing a, a round on the side to uh, basically build momentum off of the current Republic campaign, since not all investors invest on Republic. So we're we're also trying to to be flexible and, and have a round uh, for, for any angels or seed funds that are interested.
0: So for people that aren't familiar with Republic and maybe they want to invest a hundred bucks, a thousand bucks, you know, but they haven't done that before. Can you kind of describe what Republic is? And if someone literally wanted to
1: invest in you, like,
0: is it true? They could actually invest, you know, and, and, and just ha- how does that work for people that aren't familiar?
1: Yeah, it's I've been, my mom invested <laughs> and I've also had my, in, my own investors invest in the campaign. And you're right they can invest as little as $100 all the way up to $100,000 and uh, it's a it's a short term campaign so it's 120 days, I have to raise this this fund, these funds. Um, Max is 1 million that I can raise I can raise more than that, uh, but I'd have to file more paperwork with the SEC, which is, I'm not not going to do that. but uh, it's it's all regulated by the SEC. So there's a lot of work that goes into launching the campaign. And then during the campaign, it's very similar to a Kickstarter in the sense that you want to keep your community updated. Um, there's um, a peak in the beginning and then plateaus for a little bit. And then there's a little bit of a peak again towards the end as the campaign closes. So there's a lot of day-to-day work that goes along with that. But, um, you know, we... we generally launched it for our initial customer base who were our initial Kickstarter backers. And so they were really the ones who helped us fuel the first, you know, 100 K of the campaign.
0: And just to close kind of that loop, if someone wanted to, you know, invest after hearing this conversation, you know, specifically, where can they just find you on Republic? Is it just
1: their homepage or their URL? How can they find you? Yeah, you can search for us on Republic. Just hit, Thimble, uh, just type in Thimble in the search bar. You can also just go to republic.co/thimble, and that'll take you to our campaign page.
0: Cool. And then on, on a on a higher level, to kind of uh, to close this out, if someone wanted to learn more about Thimble as a whole, as a potential customer, um, you know, as a potential you know partner, things like that, how can they find you online? How they connect? How can they connect with you?
1: Yeah. I mean, they can go to our site at thimble.io. They can search for me um, on LinkedIn. I'm Oscar Pedroso. They can also send me an email at Oscar at thimble.io. All right. Well, I'm so excited to hear about the progress that you've made since
0: you last came on the podcast and it's great to catch up and I'm looking forward to doing another one of these in a year or two to see how
1: far, how much farther you've come. Definitely Matt. Thank you so much. Thanks. Have a good day. You too.